something that wasn't there before. So, well, I, I do I do my best on that, Jackson. So we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully uh, come out with something uh, interesting for our uh, for our viewers and our listeners. So for our viewers anyway. and listeners, that's right. As they <laughs> eagerly await what insight we have. Uh, and by breath. the way, last week we were talking about the sod poodles. You know, remember the uh, sports team, yeah. the baseball team that. Uh, Cal Hall's uh, radio station, Sports Star 102.9, is doing play-by-play for. Yeah, in Amarillo. Amarillo. Yeah, Yeah. Amarillo. Well, the Saab Poodles, you said, how are they doing? I checked this morning. They're 15 and 18, but they're third in the Texas League South. Now, there are only maybe three teams in the Texas League South. I'm not sure. But that's how they're doing. That's how the Saab Poodles are doing. Thanks, 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 because... um, uh, I, I I really didn't care that much to go look, so uh, it's about that. But it's okay. Here I you know, am. That's why I'm here to, to to fill you in. You know, we'll we'll talk about some other things on the show this morning. You've got some interesting takes on uh, last week's top ten we did, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, sadly, another real radio guy passes. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. fair warning to a lot of our radio buddies: uh, streaming is your future. May not like it, but you know, you got to get on board. So. Anyway, let's jump into it. This is, uh, we're back for another edition of Media Insultant. This is where Keith and I get to expound our opinions, comments, uh, sometimes a little wisdom, not very often, but sometimes a little wisdom, and we have a lot of fun doing it. So welcome to the show. I'm Jackson Weaver in Seattle. Keith Samuels is in Southern California, and we would like to welcome you to the Wednesday, May 17th episode of Media Insultant. Here is an interesting money-saving idea that I'm going to give David Field, who's the CEO of Odyssey Radio. I'm going to give this to him absolutely free of charge, Keith. As everybody knows, they're on the verge of being classified as not being a going entity, which is a, kind of an accountant's way of saying the shit has hit the fan. <laughs> and so this company is, is just about into bankruptcy. So here's my idea, Keith. Ten members on the board, right? The board of directors. Mm -hmm. Now, there's some impressive names on there, but ten members on the board of directors, and each of them are making around $250,000 a year in board of directors fees, right? So David should just replace them with AI. ChatGPT would contribute as much to the board meetings as the board members do. And since David is promising to take these radical means of cutting expenses and being aggressive about it, what better way to do it than to cut the board of directors? What do you think, huh? Well, I think it's a great idea um, and would save him you know, a couple million bucks. So that's pretty cool. But why not just use ChatGPT, AI, on, you know, what, what was it? You know, the Futuri's doing a, a radio version and just turn all your music stations into AI. You know, have them all be voiced. I mean, that's, that's going to save a ton more money, too. So oh, oh, I, wait I, a minute. They're going to do that anyway. Ooh, Probably going to do that anyway. I thought you were going to say, why don't they turn the entire management of the company over to AI? <laughs> That's a little scary. That's well, a little yeah, scary. That is a little scary. But, you know, I'm also, we're also hearing in, you know, rumblings about just what the heck is going on at the top of that Odyssey, uh, you know, ocean liner. 
and uh, it's not good. It's just it's just it's just you know kind of dead in the water. And yet, and I'll talk about this in a little bit later in the show that you know their, their stations perform pretty well. You know, so yeah. it's you know yeah. relative to the relative to the other radio groups, you know, Odyssey uh, has some great properties. So. Uh, you know, I know I was singing the praises of iHeartMedia and my buddy Jeff Thomas last week when we talked about the top 10 billing radio stations and WTOP, of course, in D.C. You know, we did, I did a little digging this week. And we have some interesting stuff to talk about when it comes to radio groups and okay. their revenue. Okay, so. well, all right, Keith. Let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Yeah. You know, we've got to pace the show. Got to pace I'm it. teasing. I'm teasing a You're segment. teasing it. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, on to our first story of the day then, Keith. Uh, you know, too many people that we've worked with over the years – uh, we've worked with wonderful people, but frankly, too many of them lately have been passing into that great antenna farm in the sky, you know, and mm. our friend Mike Fowler died last week. You have a story you want to share, which I think is pretty interesting, uh, which I didn't recall, but you did. Um, but first, let's talk about Mike's career a little bit, because there are a lot of Mike Fowlers in the business, uh, including the former FCC chairman back in the early 80s, if you remember Mike Fowler as the FCC chairman. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, this Mike Fowler had a great history uh, in Chicago. You know, he worked, uh, he ran WLS when Cumulus owned it. They think they still do own it, but uh, at one time he ran it. He ran WKQZ, and he was noted for hiring the famous Mankow Mueller at WJMK. And Mueller owned the mornings there for probably 20 years. Oh, yeah, he's huge. Huge. Yep. Mankow is huge. Mankow is huge. Well, Fowler can claim, could claim responsibility for having hired him. And up until uh, 2020, I think when his illness forced him to retire, he ran Odyssey's Atlanta sales department. Uh, and he died uh, of ALS, which is Lou Gehrig's disease, mm. which is a terrible disease. Not that there are good diseases, but that's one of the worst. Anyway, I, I just it's a sad story to pass on, but a lot of our audience knew Mike. I knew him at KZOK. You knew him at KZOK. Yeah. Wonderful yeah. guy. My comment on on. Mike Fowler was, he's the guy you want as a competitor. He's ethical. He was positive, willing to help anyone anytime. Never said a bad word about my stations, no matter how shitty they may have been. <laughs> so, you know, he was a first-class guy in that sense. And you reminded me of a story. Well, yeah, I, it was, um, I was a sales manager at KMPS in Seattle in 1990, I think it was. And this woman came in. Uh, she'd been highly recommended and interviewed for a, a sales position at KMPS, uh, our big country station. And, you know, having a you know wonderful conversation with her. And I said, so, you know, what brings you to Seattle? You know, because I had just moved to Seattle seven years before. I like to find out what, you know, and they all, oh, we just love it here. It's this and that. You know, I just really, you know, it's Seattle's really cool. And it was. I mean, it was a place everybody wanted to move to. And we, you and I both interviewed dozens and dozens of, of people that, I just want to move to Seattle. Okay, great, dude. Fine. But um, this woman, Pam Fowler, as it turns out, um, uh, what, what said, well, my, I, I'm moving to Seattle because my husband just got a job as a general manager at a station in town. I can't tell you who, it, who it, you know, who, you know, where he's going to uh, be a GM at, but uh, uh, you know, but we're moving here, and, and I'm, I want a job in radio, and, and I don't want to work for my husband, so you know, that's why I'm here. And I'm thinking, well, that, you know, do I want the wife of a competitor? And I didn't know, you know, what station her husband was going to be coming in at. And so I walked down the hall to, to Fred Shoemaker and said, you know, hey, Fred, 
you know, I've interviewed this woman, Pam Fowler, you know, who you know, and I said, her husband's coming in to be the GM of another station here in town, and I, I just don't feel comfortable with that. And he was, he went, okay, that's fine. Well, it turns out he and, you know, and Mike become great friends, and, and uh, you know, Fred and his wife, Ricky, and Pam and Mike got to be, you know, really close friends, and I'm sure remain that way, but uh, I didn't hire her. So where does she go? She went over to KJR, your stations. You guys hired her. You and Hogan, I think, hired her. So, um, you know, good for you guys because she she was she is a great talent. And like Mike, you know, Pam was a was the kind of competitor you wanted to have because they were you know very ethical, you know, very positive, not a negative seller, not a trash talker, not a gossiper. Just a, they were just a great media couple, like Fred and Ricky. I'm, I'm just sad that you know Mike had to go through this. Um, at, yeah. at at the end, and I, I feel really badly for Pam. You know, shoot, I've known them for that was 1990. What is that? 33 years ago? My goodness. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't even going to do the math. It was too long ago. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's 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 sad. You know, because we're at that point in our lives where you know where where people are aging out of their careers and now sadly aging out of life. And yeah. uh, uh, I read where uh, another Seattle radio rep that was roaming the world when we were on the street, Steve Getz, passed away a couple weeks ago as well. And Steve was a rep over at Classy, I think, when I got to the market. His wife Barb was a media buyer. Um, you know, just uh, we're the bearers of bad news, I'm sorry to say. Good to remember good, good, great people from our business. Yeah, absolutely. And our condolences, of course, to Pam and uh, Mike's daughter. Uh, there is what they call a meal train account if you want to help defray some of Mike's medical expenses or send him a meal. It's uh, kind of a cool deal where they send out meals to people that you pay for. You pay for it, and they mm-hmm. send a meal because, you know, when, you're, when you've got sick people in the household, it's really hard to cook meals or you can just donate some cash and it's uh, just meal train you can look it up on google and they've raised twenty four thousand dollars so you know i i think that's a real that's a real testament to mike's impact all right uh keith you and i both know this isn't news we've talked about it since we started the media insultant podcast but radio's audience is moving to streaming you know it's not a thunderbolt lightning thought that comes out of nowhere because at the end of the day, streaming really offers a more stable audio platform, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you don't have multipath. You don't have a signal fading in and out. So that's the good news. The bad news uh, for the stations is uh, they have to compete with not just the radio stations in your market, but all of the other streams that are out there, mm-hmm. thousands yep. and thousands of streams. And the other drawback is streaming can get expensive for the radio station because your audience grows, so does your your streaming bill. But, you know, we don't have much choice, if you think about it, uh, on this, Keith. You know, this is where the audience is going. Carolyn Beasley, who, um, of course, is CEO of Beasley Broadcasting, she predicts that her stations will reach more audience with streaming than over the air in just a couple more years, which is really pretty, pretty interesting. For example, in 2019, she said that their total audience was 20 million, their weekly cum for all of their stations around the country, all of their stations. Now, today, that audience has gone from 20 to 18 million OTA, and digital adds another 10 million. So a third of her audience, third of her audience is now digital. Now, to be clear on this, that digital includes all of her digital, texting, streaming, social, anything they're doing digital. But the fact remains, they reach 28 million people, a full 8 million more than they reached just four years ago. Carolyn sometimes speaks the obvious, frankly. She said that 
adding radio to digital will really be the case going forward. Welcome, Carolyn. It's 1995. <laughs> Hello. We've been saying that for 30 years. It's been part of our pitches for years and years and years because it's been effective. And as other digital platforms come along, we've been able to meld them together. It's much more complex than it was 20 or 30 years ago. But blending those two together is not a revelation. I'm not quite sure why she thought that was such a revelation. She probably needs a new writer. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe not. They're all on strike. <laughs> hey, that's what chat GPT is for. There you go. So, yeah. So, you know, for, for, the, for our friends in radio, really, to me, it's, um, you know, they, they don't have much choice. You've got to be there. It's kind of like FM back in the 70s, Keith. Remember? FM was, uh, yeah. you know, everybody, little people, the, the hippies are listening to that. And, you know, but I'm, you know, all the money went yeah. to AM. Yes, and it then, did. Yeah, and yeah. then it, we finally and, we fought that battle and we won it for FM, and now AM's on the ropes. Um, but you know, I think uh, you know what's interesting about this is that um, I stream because I have to because I can't get um, you know a lot of FM stations. I, I can get only a handful here and we're in the hills in, in LA, so I'm, I'm blocked from a, a number of stations, most of them anyway. Um, so I, I you know I do have to stream, but you know the. The problem for me, Jackson, is that the streaming of an FM music station with, I don't know, 10, 12, 15 minutes of commercials an hour versus, uh, you know, my paid subscription to Apple Music, where not only can I fit, find every format imaginable, um, you know, they've even created my own their own station for me. So I've got my own station. So their AI is tracking what I'm listening to and what my wife is listening to on our Apple Music account. And there's the Keith Samuel station. And we love that Keith Samuel station because it's playing all the music that we've listened to and found somewhere else on the internet to stream. So it's, it's, uh, uh, and there's no commercials. So, you know, not, so yet, you know, streaming, yes, you have to stream your station because that's how, uh, consumers are, are engaging with, 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 with audio these days. But the danger now is, is that you're, you, as you mentioned it, you're not competing against the other radio stations. You are a little bit on stream, but you're really competing against, you know, some real great quality listening experiences, um, you know, that are available through Pandora, through Spotify, through Apple, uh, you know, through, okay, through, okay, all that but, stuff. So, and the other, and the other fun part is, is that I can stream, I can stream. Uh, shoot, there's a guy doing KNXFM. So there's a there you know so a station that no longer exists and hasn't existed for 30 years in LA, the old programming guys are doing it on online. So I can stream the old my old radio station. They got the same IDs. They've got all the uh, liners. They've got features, the same voices. It's so fun. You know, if you're Carolyn, you can compete with your station streaming. But I think these station owners that really have it going, like iHeart does, because they've got their own streaming service on their app. Okay, so they've created, you know, they've this massive audience to their app, and they're doing their own streaming. So you can do different formats, you can do different music genres, and, and never have to listen to an iHeart-owned radio station. Well, granted, all of that is true, and all of that is part of the competitive environment these stations have to exist in. What do you do if you're a station and you're streaming? How do you make your streaming stand out in your local market? How, how, do, you, how do you do that? I mean, everybody knows how competitive it is. How do you how do you stand out? I don't know that anybody's doing anything to stand out other than promote the heck out of streaming their shows, particularly talk radio stations, 
on the on on the air all the time. And and by the way, if you miss a segment or miss a show, you can always go to the app and download it. Download our podcast. Well, the podcast is just a recording of the show. Right. And I think that's where they're they're really trying to extend their audience where Oh my gosh, I, I missed the third hour of John and Ken on KFI, and they were talking about a subject. I want to hear what they had to say, but I, I, you know, I wasn't in the car. So now I got to go and I go look it up and I download it. And, you know, that's, they're, that's, they're, they're pushing people to do that. They're going, hey, you know, go, go download our show. Well, but that, that is in part because iHeart is working their asses off to position <laughs> themselves as a digital. Yes, technical tech company, a digital tech company, not an old media company. So right. they're they're pushing the iHeart platform very effectively on that. And I think for the single operators or the small groups, I think you hit it on the head. There's got to be something local. There's got to be something compelling. You got to give people a reason to come into it. You got to watch your commercial load. And then the other thing that I see a lot that uh, I, very few stations do this these days, um, and I don't know quite why, but nobody charges for it. 10 to 20% of these, a lot of these stations' audiences uh, are made up of streaming audiences. You know, Carolyn Beasley is not the only one who's got a heavy streaming audience. And by the way, in her case, she's got a very successful sports station creating unique content that yeah. Apple and Spotify and Pandora don't have. So right. that, that balances that out a little bit. But charge people for it and educate your clients that the audience is, a, is viable. TV is doing it all the time. TV's got exactly the same problem. How do you know you you can go stream TV your local TV station, but now you're competing against Hulu and against Netflix and everybody else. But in radio, we're not charging effectively for it. We're not selling the value. That's my opinion. You know, you you could be right, and and don't forget, you know, the price is set by the most desperate seller. Yeah. So uh, you know, so if 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 one one big group or one cluster in a market's not charging for it. You go, guess what? You go waltzing in with your rep going, yeah, we're charging an extra 10% for it. And go, no, you're not. <laughs> because, you know, iHeart doesn't charge me for it. Or Odyssey doesn't charge me. Or Cherry Creek or Town Square. You know, oh, whatever. Well, okay, fine. That, and that's the challenge in, in every market. All right, we got to move on. Top 10 radio billers. We talked about it last week. Right. And you, of course, can never leave well enough alone. You have to dig into the data, which I just love. So... <laughs> You took a look at the annual revenues from a totally different point of view. Tell us what uh, what you found. Well, I guess after BIA released their list of top 10 billing radio stations. So they ranked the radio stations in America that by revenues and the top 10. They, they kind of snuck in the 11th and the 12th place, too, in some comments. Um, and then last week, they put put out a list of ranking the radio groups by revenues okay and so that's an interesting list because you know it's for us because it kind of gets to see kind of where everybody stands and i and they and they did it just by revenues but they also gave some interesting information out they said how many stations each group owned in the top 10 and how many markets they were in on that so let's look at the revenues by group and surprise surprise iheart media is number one in radio revenues of any group in America with with about 2.25 billion dollars in annual revenue massive 2.2 billion okay with a b all right odyssey is number 2 with 900 million less they they bill 1.4 billion dollars okay and those are the top 2 they consume 
so much oxygen in the radio business. And then number three is Cumulus at $493 million. Okay, so they're not even a half a billion where the top two groups are well over that. So, and then it, the, drip, the, the, the list drops dramatically. You've got Hubbard at $250 million, Beasley at $250 million, Cox at $240 million, Town Square at $213, Urban One $213, Televisa, Univision $204, and Salem at $128. So you've got iHeart, Odyssey, and everyone else. Right. And, and, and the list gets really small after that. And that's not surprising to you and me. But what I found interesting was is that I re-ranked the group. So I calculated how much revenue they were doing by market, and how, the average revenue per market, and average revenue per station. Okay, Because iHeart's leading the league in revenue, but they've got 866 stations. Okay, Odyssey has only 230 stations. So... Of course, iHeart's going to win because they just own everything, right? <laughs> big markets, small markets, they've got big clusters everywhere. They've got a lot of stations. And so they may be number one in revenue per, per, uh, for a group, but they're number seven when it comes to revenue per station. Interesting. Televisa Univision's number one with revenue per station. Odyssey, number two. So not only are they number two overall in billing, they're number two in revenues per station. Okay, but they only have 230. So they, they don't have that coverage. They can't make it up in tonnage. And it also tells you that they're pretty exposed to major market and their major market clusters. And we see what hap- what's happening with, with national business and with network business being down. It's, it's tough to compete with iHeart um, when you don't own enough stations. What's interesting is that Odyssey's also number one in revenue, average revenue per market that they own. Okay, with 27, almost 30 million in average revenue per market. So, you know, they may not be as big as iHeart, but boy, their markets and their stations are performing on average at a higher level than iHeart because iHeart owns so many more markets and so many more stations and smaller markets. Right. And that dilutes Uh, down the average share per market and per station. What, what, What was stunning to me when I did the revenue per station, the 10th ranked group in terms of average revenue per station annually, was Town Square. And their average revenue per station, and they own a lot of them, is $600,000. Okay, That's the average. That's about $50,000 a week in revenue, or $50,000 a month in revenue. I mean, that's nothing. Okay, So when they talk about being digital first and that they have more digital revenue than they do uh, over-the-air revenue, because this is over-the-air revenue, not digital. This is strictly over-the-air. They've got a lot of small stations not billing very much. Okay, right. Right. By comparison, you know, Odyssey has got almost $6 million re- average revenue per station, 10 times bigger than the average town square station. Now, that's market size difference, and I get that. But... You know, for Town Square to be going, you know, dig- you better be digital first because you're not selling any. You're not. You're. You're. You know, <laughs> there, there's no wherewithal in the markets you own to generate any revenue of significance. So you've got to do your digital. You've got to do your subscription services. That's a. That's a. It's a no-brainer strategy for them. But if you're Odyssey, it's a big problem because your your over-the-air revenues are so significant that you've got to keep pumping that one. You got to keep you know putting the accelerator down to try to get more billing. Um, so it's a, it's a fascinating list. Uh, the other the other group that shows up really well in, in average revenue per market is Cox. They're number two behind Odyssey. They're only in nine markets now, 
and yet they still do about 27 million a market. Wow. You know, and that's and when you consider like I guess uh, Atlanta's their biggest market. Um, Miami, I guess Miami be their biggest. So they they they've got really good markets, Miami, Atlanta, um, you know, but they're also in Tulsa and they're in San Antonio. Um, they're in Jacksonville and Tampa. Uh, you know, wherever they are, they do a really good job. They really do. Interesting point of view. You know, uh, we'll take this chart. I'll put it uh, on my website at In Town Media on the on the homepage. So anybody that wants to look at it in more detail can take a look at it. Good, good digging there, Keith. I like that. Good digging. The six hundred thousand for Town Square to me was the eye opener. So yeah, just thank shocking. You. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, hey, next week, Keith, uh, we're, we're going to talk again about Ed Stoltz and his three radio stations that have been a bankruptcy drama for us for the past few years. In fact, I got a text from uh, from one of our listeners the other day who said, what? No Ed Stoltz in the latest episode of Media Insultant? <laughs> so, oh, everybody wants their Ed Stoltz update, don't they? So yeah, yeah. he's lost control now, and it has gone to a receiver, but I'm really skeptical about this new operator. Okay, I am too. Because he kind of came out of nowhere. I want to do a little background on him, and um, I I want to know where they came from and why, and so we'll talk about that next week. Well, Jackson, there's no no they. It's where did he? It's a guy, one guy with a format in a box. Um, Yeah, so uh, your media insultants will do some digging to get to the bottom of this story for sure. Well, Media Insultant is a production of In Town Media, Keith. We do interim contract management for radio stations. And you can find this podcast, should you be looking for it, just about anywhere on all of the podcast platforms. The videos are in the Media Insultant Showcase, Showcase on Vimeo. And uh, we drop a new show, of course, each Wednesday. So that's what today is, and that's why we're doing this show. So till we do this again next week, Keith, though, remember, go sod poodles. Go Sod Poodles. All the way, yeah. Texas League South. There you go. Have yourself a good week. Talk to you next week. You too, Jackson. Take care, buddy.